I'm Ricardo Quantrell. Welcome right here with Ricardo Quantrell, the podcast. I believe that the most important moments in life are discovered by being aware, centered, and in tune with yourself and the world around you. Your journey of insight and inspiration starts right here, right now. Uh, so, it's been a while. It's been a while since I did a live video. I was with my sister Robin and we talked about Love Spill. So if you have not gone to see, uh, listen to Love Spill, it will be available on the website as a full series. But you can hear me? Okay, good. So, uh, yeah, today we're going to talk about something that I think is very profound. Um, God shared with me over the weekend. I'm 27 years old. I've been in ministry now 10 years. I just celebrated 10 years as a licensed minister uh, in the church as well as New Thought. I've been in entrepreneurship for eight years, but I think out of the 27 years of my life, I just recently discovered who God really is. You know what I mean? Like, we know who God is, but I've just found out for once in my life who God, hey, uh, Prophet Pastor Thomas, um, is for the first time in my life, I found out what God is and who God is and what that relationship means to me. And I could not go over, you know, we celebrated the new Jewish year and uh, recently, and I could not go forward within the new year and not share with you the revelation that he gave to me. Um, so he, I was laying down at my friend's house and just, you know, chilling and relaxing, kind of observing the new year. And uh, we were sitting, I, I don't know if we were talking, I think I was just sitting there. And um, God began to reveal to me uh, my heart. And in the new Jewish year, uh, you have 10 days to repent. There's the 10 days between the new year and Yom Kippur. And the Yom Kippur is the day of atonement, the day of at one or the, the state of being at one, when all things, hey Tyrone, the, the day that God atones sin, or he forgives sin, and brings humanity and all things at one with himself. And so the Jews observe those first 10 days of repenting and cleansing the heart and cleansing the mind, getting rid of, hey Robin, and uh, you know, they cleanse themselves from sin or misstepping or uh, anything that causes him, sin is any, any thought or any behavior that moves you away from the divine self. And so I just sat there and the Spirit began to reveal to me that uh, I have unforgiveness in my heart. And, you know, as a prophet or people that speak for him or ministers that speak for him, um, it, was, it was challenging. Because it was, I, I think I had a conversation with my sister in the hotel room after the wedding that we did, and you know, she she had a tough conversation with me. But I had to come to grips that even though I've come out of situations, I've come out of experiences, I've come out of certain things. Um, even though I'm able to be cordial with you, unforgiveness still sat in my heart, and the Lord really had. I don't know what type of Holy Ghost this generation has, but I believe that the Holy Ghost to be a teacher and a trainer. And the Holy Spirit has to, you can stand up and you can minister, but at the same time, you have to have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit so that He can convict you, that He can correct you. Because the Bible says that He corrects and chastens, chastises, or, you know, corrects them that He loves. And the evidence, you know, it, it, we all have our love language. And I think that we expect God 
first I, I came to the realization that God is Abba. God is my father. And God is not the father that abandoned me. God is not the people in relationships that were unfaithful to me. And I've been handling God from a standpoint of, you know, I'm dealing with you like my father who's absent, like my absent father. And I'm dealing with you as people that were unfaithful to me. I'm dealing with you as one that can't keep your word. And he had to come to me, and though you're out of those situations, you're still holding unforgiveness in your heart. And unforgiveness is, uh, it's, it, it, you get to a point where, like I said, you can be cordial with someone, and hey, how you doing? And you can move on from the situation. But have you really moved in the space of forgiveness where, you know, the Bible says that he has forgiven us, us of our sins and he has literally thrown the memory of that thing within the sea of forgiveness. I was talking to my friend and we were talking about sin and every time that God looks at you, he sees paid. Anything that you can possibly do, anything that you can possibly say, he looks at you and he sees paid. And so that's why we have access to come to him boldly before the throne and obtain mercy and grace when we need it. We're able to come to him boldly and ask for what we need. But we have to come to a place where we're not suppressing what we experience, but we're literally forgiving and letting go. I have, I don't know if you can see that, I have a scar on my hand, a relationship that, am I ashy? <laughs> I have a scar on my hand from a relationship that I was in and um, I was stabbed with a knife and literally about two or three years later I was sitting down with you know some people that were living in the house and we were sitting down oh my god do you remember the ambulance was called and the fire truck was called and you know all of that and literally I could not remember those moments and that testified to how I moved in forgiveness to the point I did not remember. And if it wasn't for the scars and the other people reminding me, in my mind, it didn't happen. And I think that's where we have to move as the body. That's where we have to move as you know leaders. We have to move into a place where we forgive, where we release, and it is possible. It is completely possible. I am a testimony of it. That you can move in such a place of forgiveness with people that you don't even remember the trauma and the pain of it. Where it's not affecting your life. It's not affecting how productive you are. It's not affecting how you function. You get what I'm saying? So that's what I wanted to offer. So I could not move forward into the new Jewish year without explaining to you my experience and the revelation that I got. Not only was I holding unforgiveness in my heart, I could not believe God. I refused to believe God. Um, I remember, uh, and I'm getting into the scripture, I'm coming from Exodus 4 today, and I'm telling you, you want to, there's revelation here. Um, there we go. Not only was I holding unforgiveness in my heart about certain things and experiences and people, uh, I was holding unbelief. And unbelief came into my life by way of, uh, not guilt, but grief. My grandmother passed away in 2012. My great-grandmother passed away, uh, her mother, around 2015, if I'm correct. That was around the same time I got into, I moved into the secular arena and started doing PR for celebrities and stuff. And the inheritance that my grandmother left me was taken by the manager. So I'm grieving over one grandma and couldn't get over her death. I went into grieving my great-grandmother couldn't get over her death and then had the inheritance taken. I start moving into bitterness, unforgiveness, you know, resentment, 
grief and all of that and um the Lord had to deal with me. I'm, I've been trying to show you some things. I've been trying to reveal some things to you. I've been trying to restore what you've lost. But every time I speak it, every time I go to posture you, every time I go to position you, you just refuse to believe me on every level. And he took me to the scripture. So we gonna go. Exodus, the fourth chapter, the fourth chapter of the book of Exodus, and it's a familiar passage of scripture. I'm telling you, it's it's my mantle covers prayer and revelation. You know, I don't do that. You got a house, you got a car type thing. So when God reveals something to me, I got to give it. Exodus the fourth chapter. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible, but you know, if you have Bibles or whatever, just read it in your own time, okay? And Moses answered. Uh, the King James Version says, "Then Moses answered." Then is a very powerful and key word. And Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me. King James Version says, what if they do not believe me? I, I should have read from the King James Version today. Uh, I'm just going to read. But behold, they will not believe me or listen to. And I'm not going to spend two hours on this. I'm just going to let you know that right now. And behold, they will not believe me or listen to me or obey my voice for they will say, the Lord has not appeared to you. That's verse one. In verse eight, we're going to jump to verse eight. Then God said, if they will not believe you or heed the voice or the evidence of the voice of the first sign. And they will not believe the evidence of the voice of the second sign. Then I want you to perform this. Okay. He says in verse nine. But if they will also not believe these two signs or heed your voice, he said, you shall take some water from the river, which is the Nile River, and pour it on dry ground and water would appear. And as you pull that water on dry ground, it would turn into blood. When you jump to verse 33, it starts off by saying, and the people believed. I want to eat that up. When I looked up the word, then Moses answered. I want to really dig with then Moses answered. When you look up in verse 1 and you look in the Amplified Bible, it has um, brackets that says Moses, Moses is given power. So this is, this is a season where God is giving us power. He's giving us power. And we, I was at my sister's event yesterday and many people talk about empowering and, you know, giving empowerment to people and empowering an individual. But nobody's really doing the work of empowering individuals. And I believe that part of my ministry, the next 10 years of my ministry is to empower the individual into personal experience with God. And I'm not talking about this, this, this image of God that we have or the image of God that the church has given us. I'm talking about a direct experience with God himself with divine love with the the all with the one okay and in order for Jesus Christ was the word of God Jesus Christ uh, gave us access to the one Jesus Christ the word gave us access to all things to the one to the all things and the word is what gives you access 
to all things, be it prosperity, be it love, be it healing, whatever you need, the word gives you access to all things. And if I have people following me or hope, uh, following the word that I give, you have to understand that this, this season the Lord has put on me a mandate and assignment to deliver the word, to give people access to all it is that I have for them. In other words, I've, I've given you the word to give them the rest. We have, we have been given, you know, healing and new mercies and provision. But that's, that's only the entry point to, it, it's, it's almost like God is already going to heal you. God is already going to deliver you. He's already going to pay your bills. He's already going to bring you out. Those are things that are due based upon the fact of you being saved. But there are some other things that he's waiting to give to the believer. Now, this is what he said when I was in the shower. This is how it started. I was in the shower, and most of you sensitive people, you know, he speaks to you in the shower. That is because the spirit always dwells where there's water. And he said to me, he said, though, he said, are you a Christian? And I was like, you know, not really. You know, he said, though, though your assignments and your lifestyle is based upon the principles of Christianity. You are a believer. That's what Christians were called. Christians are a title given to Romans to the believers during that time. That was, that was, Christian was a title given to them to be able to identify with their faith. We are for, for the, and I think you'll be able to understand me when I say this. We are believers. We are believers. And we get caught up on this Christian, this Muslim. We are believers. We are believers in his word. Okay, you see more you see more of the word believe and believers more than you see the word Christian in the Bible. You can look it up yourself. You see more because God God ain't stunting on your Christianity. God is he is concerned about your belief. God ain't stunting on your Christianity and your Christian principles. He is interested in how, where and how is your belief founded? What is your belief system founded on? You are a believer. Okay? So he said, he said to me, he said, your, your principles are founded upon a believer. But you have to understand, a believer just doesn't believe any old thing. And that's, that's, that's where, you know, and I, I looked at the scripture today where it said, um, because, you know, a lot of people like to use this scripture, uh, try spirit by the spirit. The Bible says in that scripture, try a spirit by the spirit, um, that those who are believers, they just don't believe any old spirit. They just don't believe any spirit. They try the spirit or to try a spirit by the spirit. They don't believe just any old thing. They don't believe just any old spirit. That's what it said. They just don't believe any old spirit. They, they try spirits by the spirit that gave them the permission to believe what he has called them to believe. Okay? So any other spirit, and, and what he was saying to me was, my people believe poverty and sickness and disease and death quicker than they do my word. And I saw like an emergency that we have to believe again. You have to believe again. And, and what he was saying to Moses, he took me to the scripture when it said, then Moses answered. Now, this, I looked up the word then because that's the way my brain works. It said, then the definition for then means 
at, a, at that time. The word then means a time in question. The word then means after that. It means next. It means afterward. Okay? The word then means uh, it is used, watch this, it is used at the end of a sentence to emphasize a inference being drawn. Okay, let me, let me break that down for you. The word then belongs at the end of a sentence according to the definition. Why in Exodus chapter 4 is it at the beginning of a sentence? The word then, for it to say then Moses answered, mean that there is a place in his life, there is a place in the believer's life, that right at that moment, they're in their, in their life, they are questioning, thank you Jesus, they are questioning a certain time of their life. There is a certain time or a time frame or a moment in their life that they are in deep question. There is a moment where, and I'm, I'm, I'm just going to give it to you the way he gave it to me because I've been this, doing this for 10 years. There is a moment in your life that you are, you can't move, you can't function, you can't operate, and what I have called you to believe, or I've called you to move into, you can't move into your next, you can't move into your afterward, because there is a certain time that you have in question. And what the Lord said is, I have heard the cry of my people. This is what he said to Moses when Moses encountered I am. He said, I have heard the cry of my people and I am come down to deliver them. And what I hear the spirit of the Lord saying to you today is in your life, you can't move on to your next. You can't move into your afterwards. You can't move into the next thing I have prepared for you. You can't move into the thing that I have marked for you and assigned for you in this season because there is a time that you have in question and I am come down to give you the answers that you're looking for. I am come down to deliver you the clarity. I am come down to deliver you the truth. That's what he's saying. So Moses is in a question. And maybe in, if you know the story of Moses, maybe he's questioning why he had to kill the Hebrew and the Egyptian. The wheat have to grow up with the tear. And when Moses, I, I feel like hollering, Rod. When Moses had to kill the Egyptian, it was because Moses was a Hebrew. You were a born Hebrew. And when you killed the Egyptian and buried him in the sand, now many of you are questioning, I hear the Spirit of the Lord, many of you are questioning the last season of your life where you felt, where you felt uncomfortable with choosing between who you were and who I've called you to be. Because when you answered the call of who I've called you to be, you had to kill the Egyptian. You had to kill the part of you that was in bondage and bury that thing in the sand. And that is the thing that called you to run. Not that you were a murderer. Not that, you know, people, well, you, you left that church. You did this or you left the wrong way. I killed the Egyptian in me. I killed the thing that was in bondage in me and I had to run. I had to run away from bondage. I had to run away from the thing that keeps making me think that I'm an Egyptian. I'm not an Egyptian. I'm a Hebrew. 
A Hebrew is the individual. When, when God called Abraham out, he said, I need you to leave your father's house. Abraham was the first Hebrew. The, the, the first Hebrew is an individual that leaves to go for themselves. It's, it's almost like you had to, the last season of your life, you had to leave to go for yourself, to go to a land that I will show you, to go to a life experience that I will show you, to go to, to the, the thing that I have shown you prophetically in your dreams and with your vision. You... People around you don't carry your vision. They, they could not see your vision. They could not see your dream. They couldn't hear the word of the Lord over your life. So he said, I need you to kill the thing in bondage. I need you to kill the experience that keeps reminding you, well, you can't do that. You sick. You can't do that. You broke. Kill the Egyptian, bury it in the sand, and go for yourself. Now Moses now is of the tribe of Hebrews, but the Hebrews are enslaved. The Hebrews are enslaved. The people that usually just, you know, go with the belief system that God is going to do it and go and respond to the word of God. Now these people are enslaved. How are they in slavery? And God is saying, my, my people that usually will respond to my word, they're enslaved here. And I need to deliver them because not for them to stay Hebrews. I've come to birth out a nation because what I promised in Abraham was a nation. I did not promise him that they will be a nation of Hebrews, people that's constantly responding to what I say. I need to establish them as a nation of a, watch this, Israel, when you see children of Israel, Israel means when Israel wrestled with God. And this is why the Lord called me to do uh, the assignment, the, 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 um, the breakthrough prayers, because we have to we have to learn how to break through in prayer. But the only way that you're going to break through a prayer is and many of you are behaving uh, uh, like like hired people. Like I just do what the Lord tells me to do. I do it and go back to my daily life of bondage. But the Lord said when when Israel wrestled with God, when Jacob wrestled with God in, Je in Genesis, the 38th chapter, it said he wrestled with God all night. And then the, he said, the angel said, let me go for the dawn is coming. And he said, I won't let you go until you bless me. And he said, well, what is your name? He said, my name is Jacob. He said, in the heavens, your name is not Jacob. Your name is Israel. Israel's name means the awakened one. So my now we have a lineage of people who are acting as if they're hired. We're, we're, we have a generation of people who's just doing and then going back to a lifestyle of bondage. And I don't, I don't need that. I need you to be a nation who's awakened to who I am. So, so Moses had to kill the Egyptian. And then he, the Hebrew ran. The Hebrew went and it's in your DNA to leave. Some of you are stuck in relationships and stuck in experiences, stuck in churches and stuff. And, 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 and it's in you to leave. <laughs> it's in you to go. You won't be there long. Because he's called you to an awakening. Actually, it's your awakening that's in your DNA that he's awakening to you to. It's almost like my last relationship. I said, if I really knew who I was, I wouldn't be in this relationship. My awakening, it was almost, and I had to stop the, the, the live series for um, uh, uh, of Love Spell. Because every time I would do what the Lord told me to do, He'll show me me. And show me my assignment and show me my value. And every time I start awakening and doing what He told me to do, my relationship would get worse. To the point that it pushed me on so, such a spiritual evolution, I had to go. And so, then Moses answered. You, you are in a place in your life where you're just questioning a certain moment. 
You're questioning, well, why this relationship have to happen? Well, why I had to go to this church and this happened? What, what's going on right here? And he's saying, I'm about to give you the answers. I'm about to give you the clarity. And so it said, then, then it says, uh, the word inference, it says it's used, then it's used at the end of a sentence to emphasize an inference being drawn. Now, Moses, when we know about the story of Moses, he was drawn out of the Nile River. He was drawn out of the Nile River. When I looked up the word inference, it said to bring in. It said the process of observation and background knowledge, as well as other known uh, processes to determine the conclusion that makes sense. Let me let me make that make that plain for you. Let me give you an example. If you're going to infer something, it's it's almost a conclusion that you immediately go to as a result of something that you observe. Okay? If you see a man, if you at the airport and you see a man that's running towards the gate, you're assuming or you're inferring that he's late for the plane. He's late for the airport. Okay? So that is called inference. It means to immediately bring in a conclusion in your mind based upon what you see. Moses was inferred into Pharaoh's house. He was brought in to Pharaoh's house, not to be in bondage, but to bring a conclusion. Moses was drawn in as a result of a problem to bring a conclusion. Okay, so here we go again. When this scripture and four represents the number of the supernatural. So in this super, you are in a super, I'm just going to prophesy. You are in a supernatural chapter of your life. That is starting off with, there is, it starts off with a question. In order for God to bring you to a conclusion, he said, For I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you. In Jeremiah, the 33rd chapter, the 30th chapter, he said, I know the plans and the thoughts that I have towards you. They are good and not of evil. They are to bring you into an expected end. They are to bring you into an expected end. They are to bring you to a conclusion. <clears throat> So in order for me to bring you to the conclusion that I have for you, I have to start off with the conclusion. I have to give you clarity. I have to give you answers. Thank you, sir. I was about to ask. I was so, thank you so much. Because we ain't going to joke this time. So here Moses is brought in as the conclusion, but he's sitting here questioning a certain part of his life that he knows should have been fulfilled that he knows should have been concluded so your supernatural season will always start off with questions your supernatural season will always start off with questions it will always start off with then then Moses answered okay so so it says here let me let me keep going <clears throat> God is trying to infer or indicate to Moses that these that that it's time to bring in a conclusion from the spirit. Moses means to be drawn from the water. Water represents spirit. Moses was drawn from the spirit. So what's in you to draw from the spirit realm? 
It's in you. You are questioning. Now in this supernatural season, you are going to learn that with your question, I've given you a conclusion. And because this is this is what you were born, you were born into a conclusion. You were born as a conclusion. Now I'm going to teach you in all of your questions, I'm going to teach you how to supernaturally draw the conclusion out of you. Draw it up out of your spirit. I am calling you in this season to answer your own question. Okay? Moses was drawn or brought in from the Nile. Now it's time to draw in or bring in the conclusion. When it said, Moses said, uh, let, let me read this. He said, uh, verse 1, And Moses answered, Behold, they will not believe me or listen to me or obey me. See, we got a lot of what ifs going on. And that's what it said in the, in the, King, the uh, King James Version. What if they don't believe me? What if they don't, you know, believe that you've appeared to me? I looked up the word appear. I got you. I looked up the word appear. And that's what it said. To come into sight. It means to become visible, noticeable. It means typically, typically without a visible agent or apparent cause. Okay? It means to come into existence, to be shown. It means to perform publicly. It means to make an official appearance as in the court of law. Here we go. So then, here we are. Here we are feeling as if we were not justified. You are questioning an experience in your life that just suddenly happened without an apparent cause. And it has placed you in a place of questioning. Placing, it, it was almost the experience your last season you thought was your fulfillment. You thought was your conclusion. And now the Lord appears to you and you're like, okay, he's telling you to go with your vision, go with your plan, but you're saying, well, what if I ain't got enough money? Well, what if that's not, what if the same thing that happened to me last season is going to happen to me again? And what, what I hear is we feel unjustified. And in the court case of heaven, we got a whole lot of court cases open. And the Lord is saying, I'm coming, to, I need you to draw up the conclusion out of your spirit to close the case. In this supernatural season of your life, God is getting ready to close the case. <clears throat> Exodus 4, uh, to appear means to arrive at a place of conclusion. It means to give the impression of being. And in Exodus 4, it means, it means a to appear means a toward view or to view towards. So I'm, I'm repositioning your perception. I'm repositioning your mindset so that you can see the conclusion. I need you to take your mind off the issue. I need you to take your mind off the problem. And I need you to go into the spirit realm in prayer. And I need you now to answer. And I need you to draw up the conclusion out of your spirit. Okay? Exodus chapter 8, then God said, if they will not, hear this, if they will not believe you or heed the evidence of the voice of the first sign, and they will not believe the evidence of the voice of the second sign, this is what you need to do. I hear the Lord saying, try again. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, once have I, once have, once God has spoken, 
Twice have I heard it that power belongs to God. So the only way you are going to reach a divine conclusion, you need to move in divinity. My sister says it all the time. You need to function in divinity. You cannot reach the expected end if you're operating in humanity. You're going to have to deal with this question. You're going to have to deal with this problem in divinity. Okay? Which means, say it the first time. Do it the first time. Function in it the first time. They may not even believe you the first time. So as a divine being, do it a second time. Speak it a second time. Do it a second time. But if they don't believe you, the evidence of the sign and the voice of the sign of the first time, the evidence of the voice of the sign of the second sign, God always sends signs with his word. Okay? He said, behold, I, I, I shall give you a sign that the virgin shall give birth to a child. He's always giving you signs with something that he speaks. And it's like, well, God spoke to me. And then you like uh, for, for makeup artistry. People say, oh, you should do makeup. And, you know, God gave me a little vision regarding makeup. And, um, you know, he gave me that. And then the first time, you know, he spoke it. And then the second time, other people are speaking it. And then the third time, people in the market, you do makeup. Now people thinking that you're makeup because it appears you do makeup. That's that, the appearance. That word in you always comes with an appearance. But they may, they may not believe it the first time. They may not believe it the second time. So this is what you do. You get in the spirit. I'm Ricardo Quantrell, and you've been listening to Right Here with Ricardo Quantrell, the podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you haven't yet, you can go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another conversation. Thank you for listening.